The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like our show, we encourage you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your shows. Pod617.com is where you should go if you want your own show. We produce podcasts right here out of our Westwood Mass Studios, or we do a ton of them remotely. We'll send you out a quality USB microphone, not one of those crappy ones. Go to pod617.com to get started. We have a great guest today and someone who's actually about to become the next big podcast star. He is a family lawyer out of Chicago. His name is Jonathan Merrill, and he's here in the virtual studios. Yeah. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. You have uh, a podcast that you're getting ready to launch in the coming months, the Chicago Divorce Podcast, which we will proudly host here at pod617.com. I guess my first question for you is, what interests you about podcasting? Why do you think this is a good way to, to reach people? You know, I've always been interested in podcasts. I'm not like an avid podcast guy, but like I've always like read about them and like obviously understand the port importance of them from like a marketing standpoint. And um, while I'm obviously a lawyer first and foremost, I'm really interested in like the business and marketing aspects of the legal profession. And the more I've learned about that, the more, you know, I've realized how important it is to kind of expand your reach through as many different mediums as possible. And, you know, obviously learn that podcasts are, you know, one of those mechanisms for, you know, expanding your brand, creating your brand and, you know, publishing content for your brand that is not just informational, but obviously helps from a marketing standpoint too, which is how I stumbled upon you, David. <laughs> and I'm glad you stumbled in. The, the The thing is you're you're preaching to the choir here, of course, but you can do things on podcasts that you can't necessarily do. And, and there's nothing wrong with having a firm newsletter. There's nothing wrong with being a, a speaker in CLE webinars and things like that. But uh, folks don't get to know you necessarily that well through those things through and or through a blog or a website and i have had many a person say that they have landed clients because when you google the person they come up as a guest on my show and hopefully i made them look good or maybe just they looked good and i didn't whatever it doesn't matter but uh when you hear someone engage in conversation, you get to know them a lot better than those other static forms. Have, what kind of marketing have you done in the past? The, any of the kinds I mentioned? or Yeah, so, I mean, we've done, you know, your standard, like, SEO, pay-per-click, obviously a lot of, like, internet-based internet, internet -based marketing. I do some radio appearances for, like, WGN Radio and Q101 in Chicago. Um, but the most, of, most marketing, you know, is around, like um, – internet-based marketing, which I know podcasts are obviously a, par a part of that, but, you know, the point you just made, it really resonates with me because, you know, the other marketing 
campaigns I run, <clears throat> they're either in print or you know, the, something pops up on someone's computer screen. But when I'm able to actually, you know, you know, talk and people, you know, hear my voice and my personality and, you know, what I hope is, you know, a, a bond is established just by hearing me and understanding who I am, which is why I've actually really liked my radio show appearances. And oh, nice. there's been a lot of good feedback from that because I think you can, you know, resonate with an attorney when you hear them as opposed to just reading about them. I mean, at the end of the day, anyone could toot their own horn on their website and their bio and tell everybody how great they are. But until you really talk to them and build a rapport, you're never really going to know what they truly are about. Do you think that's particularly important when it comes to family law since you're you're dealing with your client on some pretty delicate and personal issues? Absolutely. I mean, I think more than any area of the law because, I mean, you're dealing with, you know, very personal issues. And, you know, as much as I'm an attorney, I often wear like the therapist hat too. So you want to be very comfortable with your clients and you obviously want them to be comfortable with you. And I even tell that to all of my, you know, potential clients I talk to. Mm -hmm. I said, whether it's me or somebody else, you want to make sure you're comfortable with the lawyer, not just, you know, necessarily getting someone that you were referred to or what, you know, might be perceived as the biggest name. If you're not comfortable with the attorney you're talking to, especially when you're going through like a very personal and often troubling part of your life, you know, you need to rely on that person, obviously as an attorney, but also as just you know, a confidant that you can talk to almost like a friend. And if you're not comfortable with that person, the whole process is going to be a lot more difficult. So have you seen the movie Wedding Crashers, perchance? Of course. <laughs> Good man. There's a, there's a scene that reminds me of why divorce is a, a personal thing. I'm going to play a little bit of the scene just for kicks and giggles. Uh, the Our two protagonists here played by Vince Vaughn, and Owen Wilson are, they're not lawyers, they're mediators. Well, I guess they could be lawyers, but in the scene, they're mediators. So um, just for kicks, I'm going to play this. I don't have custody of the kids. You know what? Yeah. I don't get custody. It has been an insane, pathetic joke. But right what now, I've had to go right now she doesn't know where the kids are. Do you? not talk about me as a mother. At I'm home? so sick to death of you talking hey, about me sisters? as a mother and what where? I've done they're wrong. probably at a firehouse somewhere. She just Do not talk about that. I am now. sick of you accusing me of not being a good mother. Seven years I've been a good mother. Just remember when we went out. Just remember how you upturn a bench. Don't you fucking talk about me being a mother. I hate you. Hey, I got an idea. Why don't you just kiss my left nut? I told you this was a bad idea. You know what, Ken? The bad idea would be to let your client walk out of here today and drag this thing out for another year, wasting more time and wasting more money. The only good idea is to let me and John do our job and mediate this thing right here. You want to hear the crazy thing? I know it doesn't feel like it, but we're making progress. Mm -hmm. We settled the deal with the cars. Let's see, that takes us to frequent flyer miles. We're flying. Those are mine. I want them. You know what we're going to do? We're going to split them right now. Well, I don't want to um, waste any more. Let's just talk. That's a but great that, scene. Isn't that I a mean, great The whole movie's funny. But. Yeah, it, it's and the, that scene ends with them actually bringing the couple closer to settling mm -hmm. their, their divorce. Um, I thought actually not a terrible representation. Of, I mean, divorces can get that acrimonious, right? Oh, yeah. And I mean, they can get a lot worse than that. But, you know, it's I mean, look, there are lawyers out there who love hearing that kind of stuff. And it's just like, you know, get they get those lawyers give good lawyers and honest lawyers a bad name mm. because there are people who will hear that and it'll like, 
you know, they'll be thinking about dollar signs in their head. From the day I started practicing, I never wanted to be one of those people. I mean, obviously this is a business, I'm here to make money, but my firm and my reputation are too important to me to have, you know, the stigma attached to it that some lawyers do when they just hear this craziness and fuel the flames. Like they're not helping their client in the end. And don't get me wrong. There are obviously cases where it's very difficult to resolve them outside of court because the acrimony level is so high that you need to litigate. But my goal, and I tell this to every client who comes to my office, my goal, and I owe it to them, is to try to resolve this matter out of court without turning it into World War III. Mm. Some cases that's possible, and you know, both parties try to do that. And if both parties are really committed to that and understand that there needs to be some flexibility on both sides, usually it will get done that way. But, you know, whether it's, you know, I call it the two variables in every case I can't control, the opposing party and the opposing attorney. If you have just like a recipe for disaster and neither person on the other side has any desire to resolve the case and they just want to battle, I can't control that. I mean, and, you know, we're in battle every day, so it's something we're obviously used to, but I think you're doing a disservice to your clients if you're not doing everything you can, first and foremost, to resolve it out of court. Yeah, you know, having been around the Boston legal scene for many years now, I've met many uh, family law attorneys, and there are a small percentage of them that simply have a reputation for being scorched earth, for being like, don't, don't even go, don't even hire this lawyer unless you want to go to battle and some of them do do just fine, but it must be hard dealing with a lawyer like that on the other side. How do you, how do you deal with it when you're going up against a guy who is just, you know, um, he's just wielding his sword yeah. at every moment. And look, I mean, you know, after, you know, Chicago is a big town, but you know, once you do this for 20 plus years, you know, you know, who's who and everyone, you know, the, the close knit circle of divorce attorneys. Like the second I hear who the other attorney is, I mean, I have an idea of how the case will go. And don't, don't get me wrong. If, you know, the, the parties themselves can cause cases to go south, but you often know, you know, how your chances are of settling a case first and foremost by the attorney or law firm on the other side. And it's not necessarily every firm is a certain way, but um, you know, by having cases with all these people over the years, you get an idea of, you know, who you're dealing with and, you know, what the prospects are for resolution. So, As we do with many of our guests, we are going to play a round of burning questions to get to know Jonathan a little better. Let's fire it up right now. Love it. Just one more thing. I have a riddle for you. Answer the question. All right, you're in the burning questions machine. Uh, first question, easy. What did you want to be when you were a kid? Well, I knew I was not going to be a professional athlete. I realized <laughs> then I thought I wanted to be a doctor. And then once I realized how long it would take to actually start being a doctor, I'm like, I can't wait that long. I need something <laughs> that's school can't last for like seven years. So that's how I, I guess, resorted to being an attorney. Good answer. Uh, here's a pizza question appropriate for you there in uh, deep dish land. What pizza topping best represents you? Interesting. God, I've never had this question. 
I don't know. Like, I'm a meat and potatoes guy. So, like, sausage <laughs> and pepperoni are my go-tos. And it's like a no-nonsense, <laughs> fill you up, satisfy you kind of thing. If I'm eating pizza, I'm going all in. So, um, yeah. I would say sausage and pepperoni. Yeah, there's a pizza shop downstairs from my office. They have a pizza called the Charlie Bear. It's like four different kinds of meat. It's terrific. Oh, great. If you could be Batman or Robin, which one would you be and why? I don't know. I'm more of a Batman person. I'm just kind of always kind of leading the show, and I like it that way. I kind of like being the decision maker and leading people. And I mean, my growing up, my my nickname among my friends was actually Fidel, as in like Fidel Castro, because they <laughs> thought I was like a dictator and was always like saying, this is what we're doing. But I said... No one, we wouldn't be doing anything. We wouldn't be planning our trips to Vegas because no one would do it. So I take control and I do it. So you, I think I'm more of a Batman person. Not that there's anything wrong with Robins. You need a good Robin. You do. But um, I, I'd say I'm more of a Batman kind of person. You do need a Fidel in every group because people left to their own devices can be quite apathetic, I've found. Sometimes I'm, I'm often the planning guy too, the guy getting, getting friends together and right and uh it's a thankless job so i applaud you oh it's like being a fantasy football commissioner <laughs> it's only it's it's just a matter of what goes wrong it's never if everything goes right you'll never hear a word but you only always hear when something's wrong or there's a conflict which is of course another role i take on which is nice. again another thankless position yep i've done it many times myself and it is just that it, it is thankless and you yeah. find you find that uh, people who in life are very successful and do important things somehow stop in the middle of their day to dispute a fancy football trade because it's the most important thing in the world at that moment. Oh, of course. <laughs> right? right. You can drop million dollar deals. I want to know why this trade should be vetoed or right. how this happened. I mean, it's like stop the presses on everyone's life over it. It's crazy. Yeah. The uh, the podcaster and writer Bill Simmons, who's from Boston, he talks often on his podcast about his fantasy football league, and they have a provision in their league that if you finish first, not only do you win the prize money, but you get the right to kick one player out of the league for a year, after which they may return to the league. But wow. I, I know I always thought that was the cruelest of things. And, 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 and they all they all show up to the draft before they find out who's getting kicked out. So I see I wouldn't like that. But but it is. Considerable. I know. Although we have a couple of teams in our league where I'm sure people would be like, all right, I'm get, get these guys out. Of here. <laughs> but most of it's I mean, my main league's been going on for tw- over 20 years. So we're well, really? pretty sad in who we've got in there. Excellent. How, how often yeah. have you won or have you won? I've won three times. Not bad. Not yeah, bad. which is like tied for the most, but yeah. it's it's literally like so time consuming and like <laughs> I mean we play for money, but at this point it's almost like no one even cares about the money. It's all about pride, and people get so intense about it. I mean, I love it. I would have it no other way. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I'm the same way. Whether I'm playing in a league that's just for fun or for, you know, hundreds of dollars, right. you still, once you get into it, you're just into it. You take a lot of pride of in course. it. It's weird. Yeah, of course. Next question. What's in your fridge right now? My wife's the shopper of the family. If it was up to I'm like a big, like, condiment and dips person. So, like, oh yeah, I'm like a salsa, guacamole, hot sauce kind of guy. 
as far as what's in the fridge, I don't, it's really not that exciting. It's probably more <laughs> consumed by like my kids stuff. But um, for me, it's pretty basic, like turkey, turkey pastrami, some, you know, obviously like chips aren't in the, in the fridge, but you got to have the chips. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like maybe some turkey bacon or bacon. Nice. I don't know. There's, there's I'm, honestly, I'm always at the office and like, we don't do a ton of cooking, so mm. the fridge selection is usually nothing overwhelming, to be honest with you. Once um, once I learned how to make microwave nachos when I was about 16, uh, I was uh, <laughs> just in love with that snack. I still, uh, the, we'll do two more questions. If you were a character from Star Wars, which one would you be? Wow, that's a tough one. Mm. I mean, I'm a huge... I'm definitely not from the dark side, but Darth Vader's <laughs> character has to be one of the greatest characters of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm actually a Star Wars pretty. I'm a. I used to be a bigger Star Wars person, but I have Darth Vader and a stormtrooper like figures in my office. That's great. But of course, that's dark side. I mean, how can you not like Luke and Obi Wan and Yoda and. Lando, I'm looking at this picture right in yeah. front of me right now. Yeah, I mean, those are all the the good side. I mean, as a kid, you're rooting for that. But as far as just like a character and like the command, I mean, Darth Vader is as cool as it gets. I think he also had the best uh, theme song ever. I mean, the Imperial March. Yeah. there's no better song ever. It was just genius. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, John Williams composer. He he was just oh. still is one of a kind. Um, so sure. I'm with you. But so I'm uh, I'm a bit of a Star Wars nerd myself. What um, have you seen the Boba Fett thing? I you know what I I just I just started watching. That's a, there are so many shows on these days. I know. I know. It's like I don't understand these people. I got my friends like on a big text chat. They're like, oh, you got to see this, this, this. I'm like, that's like three weeks worth of TV. Like, what? when do you actually work? Yeah. It, Crazy. Well, you know, some of us that love TV, we make it a priority, Jonathan. Maybe you should re- I know, reevaluate I things. I mean, I don't know. When I started Boba Fett. It looks great. I heard it's great. Yeah. Is it over? I know they were just releasing them. Is, the, is it yeah, finally it's, it's, are they all out there now? It's over, yeah. So you can you can binge the whole thing on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. And I think it's great because it's John Favreau. Of course, we, we know him from the Swingers movie. Swingers. It's when, it's when he made his mark. But he's what he's doing with these, these Star Wars series are, oh my God. are pretty incredible. The the Mandalorian and now the Boba Fett thing. Oh, and I mean, and I think, you know, he's of our generation and well, you're younger than I, Jonathan, but roughly ge- same generation. Roughly. And, and, uh, you know, I think that makes the show more enjoyable because there are, there are sort of callbacks to the original movies that we grew up in, grew up with. Um, exactly. and it's, it's great. All right. Yeah, um, I mean, the possibilities are endless. You could really take any character and do a whole mini, you know, yeah. series on them about, I mean, all of it. It's crazy. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're working on another one about uh, Han and Chewie, young Han and young Chewie, I guess. Well, Chewie, does, Chewie doesn't age, does he? Anyway. Right. Uh, honestly, any, like, timeless, like, movie, I feel like any sort of, like, prequel to them would be crazy. I mean, yeah. even, like, uh Back to the Future or something. I mean, I know they kind of do that. It's a weird one because they talk about different times, but like, 
any movie of our generation, if they did like a shoot off of it, would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's great because it sometimes brings generations together. Because my my son, I took him to see. I think the first Star Wars movie. I took him to see would have been. Uh, you know, number seven in the series. What was that? The Force, yeah. the Force Awakens, I think, which was, which was right. great for for both generations because he didn't he didn't really know the stories, but they're just right. they're just they're all they're all great stories with the exception of those first three movies, which were right. terrible. Uh, anyway, so uh, final question for burning questions. It's it's pretty simple. Cubs or Cubs or White Sox? Diehard White Sox. Nice. So I grew up on the North Shore of Chicago. And so like most of my friends were Cub fans just from the North Side. My parents actually both were born and raised on the North Side. But my dad raised me a Sox fan. I guess like, I don't know, some point in his childhood, he became a Sox fan. Mm -hmm. And I was raised a Sox fan. So I've taken and run with it. Who was, um, who was your favorite player growing up? Frank Thomas. Probably, you know, that's my generation, like the 90s, although we didn't win much. And then obviously, <laughs> 2005 was like my sports climax of all time when the White Sox <laughs> won the World Series. I said, like, even because I was like Michael Jordan generation. So, mm. like, we were so spoiled when it came to basketball. But, like, the White Sox were really like my true passion. Of course, MJ and the Bulls were incredible. But, like, that one White Sox World Series feeling, I feel like trumped, like, the feeling of the Bulls winning six championships. So that was it. And I think a lot of it is maybe because only a couple of my friends are Sox fans, even though we live in Chicago. So, like, it was so, like, near and dear to me. And it was always, like, defending the White Sox against the Cubs. And <laughs> it was very, very passionate. So I always said I would trade probably that one White Sox championship for um, – all the Bulls championships. We're we're now famously spoiled in Boston for oh the last God. twenty years, Ridiculous. but it was a long wait for someone of my vintage, and we were spoiled by the Celtics. I I grew up with the Larry Bird Celtics, and the, if they if they didn't win the championship, they were always in the mix. Um, but I grew up in the shadow of of Schaefer Stadium, which later became Foxborough Stadium, and now they knocked it down finally and put up Gillette. Right. But um, it made it worth the wait. You know, it's 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 worth the wait, and it, it I think it makes the championship sweeter when you've you've put in the time as a fan. So yeah, for sure. So you've won more fantasy football championships than uh, the Bears have. Yeah, have won Super Bowls. It's ridiculous. I know the bears don't get me started on the bears. I kind of gave up on the bears actually. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, I love football. It's like my most favorite thing in the world. Um, I just couldn't handle the bears. I actually, me and my friends became Las Vegas Raiders season ticket holders. Really? Which what? has been fun. Um, How do you manage that? You're going out there eight so times? I, I mean, this all started with me. Again, the Fidel comes back <laughs> once again. But um, I'm like, you know, they always gave me tons of crap about – because I just was so over the Bears. I was a big, like, yep. Colts fan back in the day with, like, Edger and James and Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning. Oh, yeah. And then um, I, my main interest in the Bears was just horrible because they were just – they let you down year after year, and I'm just – the franchise, the ownership, I think it all sucked. I mean, they still have never had a good quarterback since, like, the 1960s, Sid Luckman or something. 
Um, but I just gave up on him, but I love football. So I needed like a team to cheer for. And I always thought the Raiders were a cool team and I always have loved Las Vegas. So when they said I'm making the move from Oakland to Vegas, I'm like, this is it. I'm all in on the Raiders. And then this, after a year, it became COVID. You know, I always thought about the idea of getting season tickets and I would just almost be like a fun investment too. Not to mention like you have this awesome stadium and the Raiders are the Raiders and you know, every team coming into town would treat it like a Super Bowl because it's like what fans not going to go see their team play in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And me, I got three buddies of mine and, you know, we bought like secondary market, like PSLs. And I mean, this was our first year. We actually, our, the first game we went to was the Raiders Bears. Of course, the Bears beat the Raiders. Um, <laughs> Ironic. But it's been it's been a lot of fun to have the tickets. We've, I, I, I've, that's the only game I've been to so far. But the stadium's great, and I mean, just seeing an NFL game in Vegas is awesome. Oh, so and the, the Super Bowl is coming there in two years. So the plan will not be to make. And this is something that. Um, I, this isn't too far a leap of a presumption. Your wife probably doesn't want you going out there eight times a year. Yeah, that wouldn't <laughs> go over so well. I don't think I could. I don't think I'd be alive for another season either if I did that. <laughs> What's your favorite uh, casino to stay in? Stay at out there? Uh, I stay at the Win, the Encore over there, yep. which is great. I mean, the Encore is like just a smaller version of the Win, and I think it's great there. Um, I, that's where I use it. That's my go-to spot. I've never been there. I, I have nice things to say about the – I'll see, now I've already forgotten the name of it. It's the kind of sub-hotel in Mandalay Bay. What the hell is that called? Oh, yeah. Well, now I think it's called Delano. Yeah, that's it. Used it used to be the hotel, the Delano. Delano, yeah. Very uh, – I, I took a trip there with some of my friends. Uh, a friend of mine had, had gotten married. It was kind of an unofficial – wedding uh bash honey with shared right. honeymoon i don't know but but um right but it was um it was a lot of fun we managed to get there during one of the lulls in COVID, i think and, and now, oh nice yeah anyway uh before we go oh by the way uh if you want to learn more about jonathan please visit his website merrillfamilylaw.com m-e-r-e-l familylaw.com do i have that right yeah, right. or chicagodivorce.com is another way to get there, which is a lot easier to remember. Even better, chicagodivorce.com. Before we go, we're going to play a quick round of good stuff where both Jonathan and I will recommend something good to you, the listener. Before we do that, let me take just one minute to remind you what we do with the Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com is where you go if you want your own podcast. It's a great way to connect with your clientele, your network. People will be amazed when you invite them on your show and they are welcomed into either our physical studio in Westwood, Massachusetts, or the virtual studio. Show is professionally produced from start to finish. Intro music, outro music, everything along the way. Go to pod617.com to get started. The Boston Podcast Network in pod. We trust. All right, let's play some good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. In fairness, Jonathan has had all of like, you know, seven minutes to prepare for this segment of good stuff. So cut him some slack if you don't absolutely love it, but I'm sure you will. Well, what do you have to recommend to our listening audience, Jonathan? Well, I mean, I, I got to So I, you hear a lot about like this virtual reality stuff. Mm-hmm. And like I took the plunge on getting the Oculus, which is like the metaverse thing through Facebook. I'm like, I got to find out what this is. A couple of my friends got it. 
They're like, this is the craziest thing you'll ever see in your life. So I got it the other day. And I, I mean, it's, I think it's good, but it also seems like crazy dangerous for like <laughs> yes. young kids and stuff. But like, so I was testing it out yesterday and like, I was literally like blown away. Yeah. Like there are actual like cities that you like walk around in, like you could be walking down the street in Boston, but like you're in these virtual cities and like, there's like obviously everyone's got their like avatar and that's what they look like in the virtual world. But like you talk to these people, like you're walking down the street and it's the most mind blowing experience I've ever had. Not to mention like the graphics and like, I just can't imagine where this could go. I mean, you hear about all these people like Snoop Dogg buying a, a house and like people buying, spending millions of dollars on like virtual real estate in the metaverse. It is and you know that all just you hear that and it sounds crazy but to actually like submerse yourself into this world i mean there must be crazy people that are literally in this alternate universe all day long i mean i yep. it's it's beyond maybe i'm just like behind and don't realize it but it is a crazy concept no i think it's just getting started so i've had an oculus for about a year now so i'm a fellow uh gadget guy and uh, the, what you just said is spot on. The possibilities are, are endless. And, you know, I was just saying to somebody the other day, in, in the future, you know, you won't, you won't buy, you know, pay, if, if, sorry, if you can't pay 600 bucks to be front row to see U2 or to see the Lakers play or the, the Bulls play, you can pay, you'll, you'll probably pay like 10 bucks to be there virtually, but it will be, like 95% of the experience, you know, and if not better, yeah, you don't have to park, you don't have to get there. You don't have to leave your couch. Yep. And it like, seems like you're there. Yep. And I and, mean, I couldn't believe it. I like, there was this world, like this one app that I got, there's like a literally, so people create these own worlds of their own and put them on this app where you can enter their world. I came across like a nightclub. You go <laughs> yeah. into this nightclub yeah. and there were 50 people in there yeah. virtually having drinks. There's, you know, techno music going. I'm like, this is insane. And these people just congregating and people hitting on each other. I'm like, this <laughs> is insanity. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. The, the, Could not believe it. There was, and that reminds me, there was an episode of that show Black Mirror where these two guys are playing some Mortal Kombat game in virtual reality which is which is uh the show takes place in the not too distant future so it's even more advanced than what actually exists in real life but they end up becoming intimate (laughs) in their (laughs) in their avatar form and it's it's not that far-fetched notion that things like that will happen you know at the at the at the nightclub oh my god i can't even i can't even imagine now i get it like yeah. Why Facebook changed its name to Meta yep. and like I mean that really is what lies ahead. And it, I mean honestly part of it was like I've got two daughters who are like teenagers. I I mean it's it's terrifying from cuz from certain from a parenting aspect you're yep. just like who knows who these people would encounter and you know yep. I mean there's got to be tons of creepiness going on. Yep. There, there are yeah, there are all kinds of bad possibilities too. I'll give you two recommendations yeah. for for apps. I don't have yeah. a ton, I don't have a ton of them. I tend to stick with just a couple of things. 
Uh, one is called Richie's Plank Experience. That, that's okay. that's more. You're not going to spend a ton of time with it, but it's the kind of thing you got to do a couple times. You you step into a virtual elevator, and then the elevator opens, and you're on like the fiftieth floor, and there's a plank, and you, you the the thing is just to see how brave you are if you can walk out on that plank. Uh, I had my mother. Oh my gosh. I had my mother try it. She and my son try it. Both of them <laughs> abandon it. They're like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't. Taking off the uh, goggles. If you fall off the plank, you you virtually fall. Now you don't, oh my you don't fall in real life, but it's um, and then there are other games on that thing too. You can fly around the the city and and do various things. But the, the other one is called I think it's called Walkabout Golf, and it's it's mini golf, but um, it's it's terribly realistic. And then the they they'll have different themes for each course. So you know when if you were to design the ultimate mini golf course, you know, that people have done some fun things with it. And we all know about the windmills and stuff in the virtual yeah. world. They can make anything they want. Right. So there's, there's, right. there's one that's like a Candyland mini golf and you just, you're walking over bridges and there are rivers of chocolate and everything. And it's, oh my God. and so it's uh and it's a, just a lot of fun and you can play. I've played with my friends. And so like you said, yeah. you can, you can talk to them and hang out a little bit. You're just looking at their avatar, which is always weird, but right. I, was yeah. at a, I, went, I, I went to my first blackjack table and a yeah. friend met me there. Like, <laughs> it's like the VR casino. It's just wild. It's, it's wild. the times we live in. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, I will make a quick recommendation of my own. You talked about how there's so many TV shows. Here's one I just picked up. It's by Ridley Scott, the director who did Blade Runner and all kinds of other movies. But uh, um, it's called Raised by Wolves, and I'm just going to play a little bit of the trailer, and then I'll, I'll give you a brief review. Gather round, children. I was programmed to protect you. And now we start again. Does anyone know the story of the three little pigs? The first little pig built a house out of straw. The second little pig built a house out of sticks. And the third little pig. He built a house out of stone. One day. So I don't know how much the uh, listening audience got out of that. Wow. Then she's the, there's an android telling the story of the three little pigs. But the story takes place in the fairly distant future, I think. And uh, people, humans have departed Earth, and technology has advanced to the point where androids are our friends, or are they? And there's some interesting. Um, issues that come up about artificial intelligence because we know, you know, we talked about the scary possibilities of virtual reality. We know that the artificial intelligence is that's coming too. You know, it's only, yeah. so, it's only so long before Alexa, you know, becomes ac actual friends with us, you know, you oh know? My God, and, sure. and so um, that, that comes up in this show, um, you know, not necessarily the robot's going to kill us, but, you know, is it possible for us to have uh, relationships with them and things like that? And then there's also interesting questions about the future of religion, because in this in this universe, in the Raised by Wolves universe, um, the atheists are positioned against the believers. They believe the believers believe in this God called uh, 
Saul, which is my dad's name, so I think that's appropriate, but it has something to do with the sun. Yeah. Anyway, it's right. it is it is it's futuristic. The visuals are really incredible. Um it's a little sci-fi-ish for my taste, you know. It's it you know, I I I like you. I like a good story like Star Wars and much of that this is that. It can get a little too like uh crazy sci-fi-ish, but I recommend it Raised okay. by Wolves on uh HBO Max. So put that on your list, uh Jonathan. For sure. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> So, uh, once again, go to uh, chicagodivorce.com to find out more info on Jonathan and his practice. And you can stay tuned for the Chicago Divorce podcast anywhere you find your pods. It will be featured also on pod617.com. And I hope you, hope you had a good time today, Jonathan. I had a blast. Thanks for having me, David. I appreciate well, it. Well, I know we'll be talking a lot more on podcasts, whether yours or mine. And uh, there'll be no dearth of, of subjects, that's for sure. So, um, thanks so much. It's always good to have a friend in Chicago, you know, because you never know. Yeah, if you're ever in town, please. You got it. You got please it. Say hello. I'll show you around. Good food, sports, whatever. Or if I'm in Las Vegas. Yeah. I hear, I hear you getting, you know, exactly. a guy. <laughs> maybe I'll find myself there for sure. At least once a year for a football game. So That's... maybe that'll be the next visit. All right, well, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, thanks to you, our listener, for tuning in today. If you like the show, follow us on Apple Podcasts and go to pod617.com if you want your own podcast. On behalf of Jonathan, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. If you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. I said everything back for itself.